0: This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com.
1: Hardcore is a new series from Heritage Radio Network. Over six episodes were taking a close look at the rebirth of American cider.
0: Really, it wasn't until about 10 years ago that cider started to be revitalized in the United States.
1: From the science of fermentation...
2: So, yeast, it's a fungus. It's a unicellular fungus.
1: To the magic of terroir. What really excites us is thinking about communicating that very sort of spiritual aspect of knowing a piece of land. We're setting aside our cider donuts to gain a deeper understanding of this singular beverage. I love a cider donut. You don't have to have a cider donut with your cider. And I will die on that point. Subscribe to Hardcore wherever you listen to podcasts.
2: Well, hello. Welcome to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer, and we're coming to you live from Roberta's Restaurant in Bushwick, Brooklyn. It is Wednesday, November 6th, 2019. This is the 233rd episode of this series, which is dedicated to behind-the-scenes talents in the hospitality industry. Today, my guest is the CEO of the James Beard Foundation, and I will introduce her fully in a moment. First, as I do on every show, I will start out with my PR tip. And then later we will have my speed round game, industry news discussion, solo dining experience, and the final question. As the founder of Bayer Public Relations, I'm going to tip the show off with my PR tip of the week. So today's tip is to be a career changer, if so desired. There is simply nothing wrong with going in another direction and pursuing a new field of work at any time in your life. What we decide to do when we're younger based on our interests can feel less exciting or important as we get older. As we change, life changes. So always follow your gut and go after what you want as it's never too late to have new dreams and make them a reality. That's my tip today. Now, I'm really excited to have my guest here with me in the studio. It is Claire Reichenbach. She is the chief executive officer of the James Beard Foundation, the country's preeminent culinary arts organization. In her role as CEO, Claire works with the JBF staff and board of trustees in directing the strategic, programmatic, financial, and management operations of the foundation, Before joining JBF, Claire founded CJJR Consulting, and prior she worked at the BBC in the UK and US as Executive VP of Strategy and Business Development. She has a bachelor's degree from Oxford University and completed the advanced management program from Harvard Business School. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Sherry. It's wonderful to be here. It's really wonderful to have you. I'm, you know, we, we met when you, you became a part of the James Beer Foundation. And, um, now I'm so excited to learn more about your background and, and really about everything you're doing. Um, so I love to start out with my guests and find out about a little of their history or where did you grow, grow up? What was your childhood like and was food a part of it? Or, I mean, a big part of it, I guess I should say.
3: Yeah, so I'm British. Uh, (laughs) I was born in Oxford, but grew up in um, a very beautiful historical uh, town called Winchester in the south of England. And food was a big part of my upbringing. My mother's a phenomenal cook. And like many households, we all convened in the kitchen around... What we had was an Argo, which is British equivalent of a range, essentially, okay. um, and that was very much the nexus and focal point for the family. So, um, witnessing my mother creating these wonderful, um, you know, meals and creations was was uh, as a real inspiration as a child.
2: And when you when you went to school, what when you were younger, what did you you what did you think you wanted to be doing and pursue? It wasn't it wasn't the the food industry at the time. No, and I love your tip at the beginning in terms of career pivots. I yeah, think, um, maybe well, the personification
3: of that. When I was a, a child, yeah. uh, my aspiration was you. to be a newsreader. So actually, I feel quite happy here with my microphone in front of me. But that was not that was not an ambition I pursued. Um, I was directed uh, more keenly in terms of the kind of the business, the, the business lane, uh, and and kicked off of my career as a as a strategy
2: consultant. And you were you were. Based in the U.K. up until when did you move to the U.S.?
3: So I've been in New York now for 11 or 12 years, Okay. Uh, so for, for a good long time. I, I say that I'm British by nature, but New Yorker by nurture, so I, I fully embrace this, uh, this city and, and the U.S., and in fact, um, when I first moved to, to New York, I lived one block away from the James Beard House, oh, really? so it was very early in my New York tenure that I was exposed to the Beard Foundation and became a member and a diner very early on.
2: Oh, nice. So... so- That's a a good segue into. So when James Beard Foundation uh, a couple years ago decided or there was a new position available, did you how did you hear about it? Uh, What inspired you to apply for this position? Did someone come find you? Uh, I was incredibly lucky, Sherry. I was
3: headhunted for this role okay. as part of the headhunter recruitment process. But, um, you know, I've said this many times before and I continue to say it with, with growing um, animation that this truly is my my dream job. Uh, it brings together so many elements that, that I love, both from the, the, the food and the wine and that whole industry to the sense of mission and purpose. And then working for an organization and a brand that is well known, but that has great headroom for growth.
2: Absolutely. So, what was it? I mean, I don't know how many people applied or you were up against, but you got this. You became the CEO of James Beard Foundation. Like there are over hundred applications. Oh, really? Wow. I mean, it, was quite, it was a pretty
3: rigorous process. I can, I can assure you of that. Yeah. I,
2: I I can only imagine multiple interviews. <laughs> so, so when you found out, and I mean, what was the, what was the process like of you? Coming in and, and becoming because the CEO was also a position like a new structural position I believe with the organization.
3: Well, the my pre- pre- predecessor was a was president right, of the foundation. This CEO, I know. so yes, yeah. exactly. So still very much leading at the helm. Uh, I think the the shift was more around um, I think around kind of business rigor potentially. Uh, and you know, I'm very grateful to the board of trustees for having the imagination and the confidence in me, um, as not the you know the most obvious candidate, not coming from the food world, but coming from the media industry and coming from a strategy discipline, uh, to to kind of take a bet on me coming into this organisation. But I think you know the organisation is. Um, full of incredible, talent, incredibly talented people. The team there know the industry and the players inside out. So I think they could see the hybrid vigor of bringing someone in from a different industry with a different capability set to work hand in glove with, with the team on the ground.
2: Yeah, I could see that. And then, uh, well, there's a few people, and I've had them on You've my them show. have had them on the show, indeed. Yeah, between Mitchell Davis and, and Isabella. Isabella. Yeah. And they've been with the organization since as long as I've known the organization. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how did you go about, I guess, getting familiar with, with all the different components? Was it, I was, I was thinking like how um, maybe when, maybe when a cook joins a new restaurant and they like, they trail or they, they try out all the different positions, you know, (laughs) you kind of need to get a little taste of it all.
3: Yes. Well, so in my past life, I was a management consultant and part of that that um discipline was being thrown into very radically different industries and getting up that learning curve quickly and being able to speak with some conversance um, and depth in a f- in fairly short order so it's something that i love i i relish a good learning curve but i was also very cognizant of what i didn't know this is this was a whole brand new landscape for me and although as a consumer it's one that um was dear to my heart from a professional perspective, um, I have I had it all to learn and still have so much more to learn. So the initial um, stages, stage of my career um, with the foundation, I was very much in doing a listening tour, um, questioning and, and listening intently to within the team and within the broader community. I also immersed myself in our programmes um, and attended as many as I physically could. In fact, I think about a month into... Joining the foundation I went on one of our chefs boot camp for policy and change, which we can talk about that was that was profoundly affecting for me. So that deep immersion, asking lots of questions, listening, not making assumptions, trying to broker relationships quickly. Um, that was the path I, I was on. Yeah and continue to be on.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to talk more about that programme? Because I know there are so many there are so many amazing initiatives with with the foundation, but let's dive into that one. Yes, a little bit. indeed. So the the chefs bootcamp for policy and change is designed
3: for politically motivated or activist minded chefs. It recognises the great potential that chefs have to be um, change makers in the world, and that the fact that many of them are motivated to 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 promote a better food system so this is a uh, it's a very intimate uh, initiative we take about 10 to 15 chefs away for three days on a farm um, and we do a very pragmatic training around how to be an effective communicator how to build a campaign, how to be an advocate, how to engage your representative. Um, coupled with that, we do a deep dive on a subject matter that is animating our chefs, whether that be Chartered Nutrition, the Farm Bill, um, the SNAP program, antibiotics and food, food waste, some of these critically important issues that have a policy dimension. Uh, we, we train these chefs up in that so that they come away equipped with both the knowledge of that subject matter and be the toolkit to, to drive change towards it. So it's, it's a really important program.
2: Yeah, how are the shafts selected that are... a part of this and and how often is it an annual we okay. run them about
3: three times a year okay. we've had we just did our 19th one in september and we have close to 300 bootcamp alum uh, we have a wait list which is twice as long as that so the it's a common, okay. it's really you know my team some of whom you've you've referenced mm-hmm. you know they we work hand in glove with the chef community and it's really about understanding who we think would really benefit the most from this who is really motivated Um, to use and harness their voice and influence to drive change Uh, and so that's been the filter process.
2: Yeah, and I, every time I hear about these exciting programs, I'm like, well, can the publicist come along with the chef? Can I come? <laughs> we're thinking about is
3: there a, is there a version or, or an evolution of it that is designed for journalists? Oh, well. um, Recognizing, yeah. again, just the critical importance that the journalistic voice has in the mix in terms of promoting uh, a more equitable and uh, sustainable food system. So that's something that, that we're, we're we're contemplating
2: keep contemplating. I'll put up, I'll put back on my, my media hat and put, yeah, put me on lo- that wait list. <laughs> okay. So let's take a little break and we will come back and we'll talk more with Claire. So stay with us. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. <laughs> I'm Sherry Bayer. My guest today is Claire Reichenbach. She is the CEO of the James Beard Foundation. So, there's so many things to talk about, but as the CEO, what what's like a typical day in the life? I mean, how do you how do you uh, plan? I mean, I'm sure every day is different. You don't maybe come out to Bushwick every day. <laughs> oh, no, this is it's tantalizing
3: being so close to these incredible pizzas and not consuming them. But um, that's that is the complexion of my job often. Uh, so with my role as CEO, like you know many others, my principal role is to set the strategic vision for the foundation and then to champion and lead the team to deliver against that. Because of the rich diversity of the foundation's work and the initiatives we do, um, as you say, the, there isn't a typical routine. Um, actually, it's a very stimulating, um, rich diversity of, of work. Um, one thing that does happen almost daily is that we have a new chef and their team cooking at the James Beard House, um where the eponymous James Beard worked and lived. So uh, over 200 nights a year we have a different chef and their team cooking there and, and showcasing um, what they represent. So one of the things I'd like to do each day is, is determine who's, find out who's cooking and if I can have the opportunity to go and say hello to the chef and meet the team. Um, we are a national organization and we have quite a cadence of our year starting off with the James Beard Awards, the Oscars of the Food World and in, in May in Chicago each year. That's the kind of the crescendo and then that sets the beat for the rest of the year we have a we then kick off our taste america program which is a culinary tour of of the states we're in over 20 cities throughout the year so that then adds another drumbeat of activity and travel Um, and right where we are at the moment next week we have um our annual fundraiser our gala so there are these milestones throughout the year that determine a degree of the of the cadence but um it is. It's a very rich portfolio of activity.
2: Absolutely. Well, I'll give you. I'll give you a lead on something which maybe you already know. Saturday. This Saturday, uh, my clients are doing James Beard Foundation dinner. Uh, Spike Jardine and Opie Crooks. Fantastic. It's it's their um, regional spotlight. Maryland Bounty is what it's called. And so I will be there on oh, Saturday wonderful. with them. And I'm excited. I always love when I when I'm working with chefs that that. Thank you. It's a really for
3: so so many. It's a real career milestone, and it's it's such an intimate experience. It really is, and to be with the chefs and hear their narrative and what it means for them to cook there, um, it never it never fails to um, to move me. Actually,
2: yeah, and I'm always amazed with what the magic that comes out of that kitchen. (laughs) It's incredible. I know. I don't know. The rise to the challenge. It is, but somehow the and and just the team, it's like so well executed. It's, it's, and it's, it's just such a special place, so. Yeah, the house, yeah, in fact, we're introducing a new program, Sherry, you'll, you'll be intrigued, so obviously
3: it's a very historical house, and it's, it's deeply iconic, uh, we are injecting a bit of uh, technological innovation, we're doing a, uh, we're partnering with Aero Banquets, uh, which is a virtual reality seven-course dinner tasting, uh, which is this incredible augmented experience, um, and that's kicking off, I believe it's next week, so that's oh, something wow. to look forward to at the James Bid House too, which is, which is certainly um, not our usual fare.
2: Yeah, no, that's cool. And I remember, I'm trying to guess, maybe around two years ago, the kitchen cam went in. That was, I remember being online and, and going to my computer and watching and you could see the kitchen cam of the chefs in the, you know. Preparing tonight, yes. the and night's think, meal. It's pretty you know, having cool. Having
3: these incredible chefs there yeah. cooking almost every night and hearing their story, I and mean, that's content. And consumers mm-hmm. want to get closer to the chefs they love, and that's that's one means of, of doing it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I've also, I've I've attended and now been covering the James Beard Awards since as long as I can remember. And since it's been in Chicago uh, the past few years, I know it's going to continue to be in Chicago. Yeah. I now have my annual trip. Excellent. <laughs> and um, I, this last year I was on the red carpet. I did That's interviews right. and I, I absolutely love being a part of it. I really do. I, it's so special. So I know next year is coming up. It's your 30th anniversary. Correct. Is there, are there, can you tell yes, us? Are it's there a, certain it's things uh, in the lineup?
3: It's, it's, uh, we're, we're, Creating it as as we speak. Um, we're super excited about next year. 2020 yeah. is gonna be a huge year for the awards. 30th anniversary, it gives us a wonderful opportunity to shine a spotlight on the on the industry, how it has evolved over the last 30 30 years, what have been those real inflection points, who have been the role models and, and change makers within the industry. Uh, so we can, we're going to be um, adding a new momentum to that. So what's happened over the last 30 years and where is the industry going? In addition to the gala, the main awards, we're also looking at having a James Beard House as a pop-up um, for a week in Chicago, if not longer, which gives oh, wow. a great opportunity for us to be in Chicago longer, but a, a platform so we can expose more of the breadth of our programming and the, and the breadth of our philosophy. So um, to have panels and content and programming around sustainability, around diversity, around our, our beverage initiatives. So um, supplementing, complementing what we're doing with the awards.
2: Exciting. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so let's go... and. And uh, play back my questions I had from you for my last guest, because uh, she has two great questions. On episode 232, I had on Penny Stankowitz. She is a pastry chef, cake artist, chef instructor, and the founder of Sugar Couture. So, Claire, here are her two questions for you. Um, the easy question, probably for
1: her, is what? She's, it's been a year and a half now, give yeah, or take. yeah. Um, at what's she most proud of that she's done in the last year and a half. I, I know a little bit about her background and I was just also kind of wondering like if you want a secondary question um, because she comes from a business place but a media business place and how that kind of could change her her fingerprint on the food world.
3: Thank you, Penny. <laughs> so starting off with the first question in terms of looking back since for the next last kind of almost two years now actually. One of the things that I'm... Um, I'm, I'm most proud of is our, our new positioning, our refreshed positioning for the foundation. So our mantra now is good food for good. Uh, And this is really about elevating all that we are doing in the impact and mission space. So we've talked about it before in terms of our initiatives around sustainability, food waste reduction, sustainable proteins, and all our initiatives around diversity and inclusion, and really making sure that they are centre stage and that they're not ancillary activities that happen as an adjunct to the fine dining. They absolutely interweave everything we do. So we started off with the positioning of reconciling the pleasure and the purpose, bringing together the deliciousness and gastronomy but with our mission-based work and that has evolved now to good food for good and that is acting as a very um very galvanizing force for all that we do and you'll see now that our events really everything every time we show up now we rep we are are true to our mission so we've just been talking about the dinners at the beard house you know we we ensure that there is only sustainable seafood cooked at the beard house Uh, we practice waste minimization with the chefs that cook there we compost regularly we work with food, um, recycling, uh, food, uh, rethink. So we're really walking the talk now. And I'm, I'm, I'm
2: delighted about that. I love that. I love, it's a great mission. I also noticed on your, on your website and I don't know, is the low, the logo is, a new logo we had a, a brand redesign yeah. to refresh it yeah. I don't know when I noticed it but I did more recently notice I was like that's cool I like it yeah yeah, yeah. we were lucky
3: yeah. enough to partner with with Pentagram who helped okay. us help us refresh it this is a this is a, a new evolution for the foundation and we felt it was right to encapsulate that with a new look and feel
2: yeah no it's it's great it's great branding and you're, I love the mission and yeah there's there I mean Guess before we take a break, I'll just ask: like, is there anything like you are most surprised of to learn of about like joining this culinary world or being a? I don't know. Yeah, and it, I mean, it's such a privilege, and yeah. as I said,
3: having looked in before and now been really. Uh, you know within it i think the 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 revelation for me was around this chef advocacy the power of chefs the influence of chefs uh and also the fact that they are uh, you know thomas keller referred to this that they, they're nurturers by definition mm-hmm. and so many have that in their dna and are motivated to give back and to drive positive change and to use their personal agency for good uh that has been that's a very motivating um revelation for me but also it comes with the responsibility i think I think we as a foundation it is our duty we are a chef first organization we are here as a resource for the community and um, and the role that we have to support them to drive change towards a better food system um, is critical
2: well said let's take another break here and we will come back and we'll play my speedrun game and talk some industry news this is all in the industry on heritage radio network
1: Join Heritage Radio Network on Monday, November 11th, for a raucous feast to toast a decade of food radio. Our 10th anniversary Bacchanal is a rare gathering of your favorite chefs, mixologists, storytellers, thought leaders, and culinary masterminds. We'll salute the inductees of the newly minted HRN Hall of Fame, who embody our mission to further equity, sustainability, and deliciousness. Join us to explore the beautiful Palm House and Yellow Magnolia Cafe at the Brooklyn Botanic Garden, where you'll taste and imbibe to your heart's content, and bid on once-in-a-lifetime experiences and tasty gifts for any budget at our silent auction. Join the party. Tickets are available now at
2: heritageradionetwork.org gala. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer, and my guest today is Claire Reichenbach, And it's time for my speed round game. So what this is is I name a couple of things, and you got to pick your preference, such as chocolate or vanilla. That's that's my trial one. <laughs> chocolate. Chocolate. All right, you're gonna be great at the game. <laughs> <laughs> no, There's no, no right, right or wrong. wrong answer, right? Except no chocolate. right, no right or wrong. Okay, here we go. Eat in or eat out. All
3: of the above. Fabulous.
2: Wine, beer, cocktail or mocktail? Wine, wine, wine. Tasting menu or a la carte? A la carte. Small plates or large plates? Small plates. Lots of them. Lots of small plates. Communal table or chef's counter? Communal. Tipping or all-inclusive charge?
3: I will back whatever the restaurateur wants to support. Fabulous.
2: Walk around tasting event or sit down dinners?
3: Each have their place. Um, Sit down dinners
2: allow a better exchange. Got it. This might be my toughest one. Chef's night out or the gala after parties? (laughs) They're not mutually exclusive. You have to do both. You do, you do. Um, it's, it's, It's a part of it. Complete, complete package. Okay, last two. Cheese plate or dessert? Cheese plate. Manhattan or Brooklyn? Manhattan. Although I love Brooklyn. You're great at the game. Fast. Speed. You got this, yeah. And you you know what you like.
3: (laughs) (laughs) This is true.
2: Okay, so um, for industry news, last week this article came out in Town & Country, and it's entitled What Top Chefs Really Think of the New York City Foie Gras Ban. The the delicacy will be prohibited beginning in 2022. And this article was by Sam Dangremond. And there were a couple articles. This was big news that came out last week, how New York City is planning to ban the sale of foie gras, um, and it's not gonna go into effect for a couple years, but it will affect many, many thousands of restaurants. So uh, what, I don't know, your take on this? or Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. I mean, as we said before, Sherry, we, we're a chef-first
3: organization. Mm-hmm. They are our primary stakeholder. And what we've seen in terms of this debate, that have, there have been chefs on both sides. So some chefs who have aligned themselves with the farmers, other chefs who have firmly aligned themselves with those organizations promoting humane treatment of animals. So we are deeply respectful of both positions. Obviously, as a, with a, an establishment in New York, we will be observing um, the ban as and when it comes through. Uh, and we will we will look to see how this debate unfolds nationally. But I think we will just be respectful of of our constituencies' um, respective positions.
2: Yeah, I I mean I I I think that's great. I agree with that. I think it's uh, I don't know myself. It's like Arian uh, Dugwin from uh, Derritonian. Mm-hmm. She's I've known her for a very long time. She's one of you know the 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 big uh, uh, foie gras yeah. suppliers in our city. Um, I was just—I mean, she's, she's, she's a part of Madame Sofier, which I remember. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a lot of respect for her and yeah. her her work. Um, I also saw she was a Who's Who for James Beer a long time ago. Like, it was, um, but it's—I don't know. It's there's—you're right. There's both sides, but I feel from what I've read, and I haven't been to their their production facilities, but I see they invite legislators up to see the process and to show them like the work they're doing um, is. You know, from their standpoint, it's not inhumane and it's and and the integrity they have in their work. And so I don't I don't know. It's, it's controversial. And I think it's also a lot of people uh, are going to lose jobs if there's no foie gras. Their sales are going to go down. But it's also, you know, there's both sides to it. So it's it's um, and who knows also what's going to happen in three years, because I believe I think it is banned now in California. But there's there's been it, reversal of bands. So to be seen. Yeah. To be seen. So we'll have to we'll have to find out. But it was it was a big story and you're right, there's there's different sides to it. There was also so like Adam Platt just wrote a piece in uh, New York magazine and his his article was Foie Gras may be cruel. It's definitely irrelevant and he was just talking about how it's not as 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 far as top luxury items of of that people enjoy it's uh, maybe not as um i don't know significant anymore i guess that was kind of his point but
3: <laughs> i think there are, you know there are proponents on on both sides of the table with this one
2: yeah absolutely so uh to be continued before we take a break i do have a special announcement i want to make so i have mentioned on the show before that i'm going to be bringing all in the industry to life with a brand new all-day conference and it is for and about our industry, and it's really happening. And so this conference is called Host Summit and Social, and host stands for Hospitality Operations Services and Technology. And so this event is going to take place on Monday, January 27th at the William Vale in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Mark your calendars now, and I'm I'm curating this event from uh, the top hospitality and culinary leaders, many th- who have been on my show from past shows. So we're having Drew Nieporn, Rita Jame, Crystal Mobayeni, Jeff Gornier. They're all confirmed to be a part of this. And it's going to be super exciting. Um, more, more people are being added to the lineup. I'm working on it a lot. Uh, all the details now. So I just wanted to put this announcement out that next Wednesday, November 13th at 10 a.m., Our ticket's going to go go on sale at our website, allintheindustry.com, and we're going to have an early bird pricing, too, going through November 30th. So come celebrate with us, the industry. We're bringing behind-the-scenes talents in hospitality to to the forefront in a live format. So I hope you will be there. I'm really excited about it. Okay, one more break, and we're going to come back, and I'll have my solo dining experience and the final question. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. To all in the industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer, and it's time for my solo dining experience. This week, it's at Best Friend. Here's the rundown The location 3770 South Las, and- Las Vegas Boulevard, excuse me, Las Vegas, at the Park MGM in Las Vegas. The concept Korean barbecue joint. The chef and owner, Roy Choi. So, why did I go? well because i was in las vegas recently to check out the dining scene and this new place was high on my list so my experience so i had an early reservation i arrived i was seated at a two top in the back dining room uh, the front i realized was really very good for walk-ins to good to know in the perpo- in for the future that you can walk in you don't necessarily need a reservation uh, the setting was, and the tone was really fun, and I was immediately, I was presented with this menu, which was an old-school yellow notebook-style menu with photos of Chef Choi when he was younger. It was, it was really fun. Um, I was, had a hard time deciding what to get because a lot of the dishes were meant for sharing. Uh, they actually had a, something on the menu that said $50 a person tasting menu, but then I found out you had to be two people to get that. So I was on the a la carte route. So what did I get? I went with the koji rib tacos, kimchi fried rice, and banchan cucumbers. My take? It was fabulous, really delicious, really, really flavorful food, and everything went went well together. Uh, the tacos, which with uh, uh, chef. Choy is known for were, were delicious. Uh, the fried rice was really ultimate comfort comfort food, and the cucumbers kind of you know made it feel a little bit healthier and kind of toned it down or a little balance, I guess, with their acidity. Um, they also brought out a warm potato roll and butter. So this was like it is an indulgent meal. The whole experience. So the ambiance. So in the front from the the lobby casino, you'll see this huge yellow best friend sign like you can't miss it and it leads into this energetic I'd say it's like designed like a casual liquor store sort of bar area and it has lots of uh, LA memorabilia and swag that you can get. so it's really fun and then you pass through this meat locker plastic door into this dimly lit swanky ambiance loud music playing. So it's it's definitely going on the Las Vegas vibe. Perfect for a group dinner with those who like to share. Interesting tidbit, Chef Chef Choi can be credited for the trendy food truck craze when he introduced his Korean-Mexican taco truck Koji to Los Angeles about a decade ago. Um, He's collaborated with actor John Favreau on a new cooking show on Netflix, The Chef Show, and the movie Chef was loosely inspired by this whole food truck movement, movement. Okay, so personal fun fact after dinner. I went and saw Lady Gaga's Enigma, and her show was playing right across the, the hallway at the casino. And it was fantastic. She's she's amazing. And just for the record, if you follow along on social media, there was a show recently where she fell off the stage because she brought a fan up, and he picked her up, and um, he tripped. And that's the show I was at. Uh, so it was it was a weird moment, kind of scary, but she was fine, and the show went on. Okay, so the cost of my meal was $37, not including tax and gratuity. Would I go back? Yes, I'd go back with friends. Website is parkmgm.com. There you go. Lucky you. Lucky me. I think, I, Sherry, you and I have the best jobs in
3: town. We, <laughs> for our profession, we get to, to, to eat and drink on a very I, regular basis. Aren't we lucky?
2: I, I, Yes, I feel very lucky that... Yes, absolutely, because this, um, yeah. And Roy
3: Choi is one of He's obviously a James Beard semi finalist, but also, you know, we're big mm-hmm. fans of his. He's a big proponent of, of sustainability. Um, so, yeah, great that you could support him, too.
2: Yeah, me too. I have to get him on my show. Next mission. <laughs> so um, I was going to ask you the final question. Before we do, uh, we didn't really touch on... The, the James Beard Foundation's Women's Leadership Programs, which I know is also a big... A big it's a key priority yeah. for Sherry. absolutely. And
3: it is, We you know, talk about what, one of the things that I've been doing since I joined. The foundation for a long time has been supportive of women in culinary, but it's an area that I have really looked... Uh, to double down on, give more resource and energy to. We we support women throughout their careers from scholarships to mentorships, all the way through to the the initiatives we have around women uh, leaders and entrepreneurs. And it's that latter area that we're really doubling down on. Um, The thesis being if we get more women in leadership positions and helming businesses, that's where we can really start to shift the culture of the industry to be more inclusive of women. Um, Just last week, we were in San Francisco with this year's Fellows of Our Women in Entrepreneurial Leadership um, week course that we do in partnership with Babson, which is um, a very intense, like a M- mini MBA for women who own businesses that are looking to scale them. And just this time last year, we we launched a new initiative called Owning It, which is a, a shorter version of that, um, of, the, of the MBA piece. Um, so we can scale that offering to women it's a it's a day and a half of taking women who are either in own their businesses or are looking to get into that helping them vision helping them build uh, their business case and helping them pitch and then and then connecting them with local investors and we've been running that through major cities uh, throughout the country this year and we're looking to again increase the scale of that next year so exciting initiatives um, but really important
2: really important and I just I think in my head like how are you guys doing all of this it's amazing It's a
3: phenomenal team who work incredibly hard and are barely off
2: a plane (laughs) yeah no that's that's awesome okay so for the final question i'm going to ask you to ask a question for my next guest and i am having on dave arnold and nastasia lopez they are the hosts of cooking issues podcast here on heritage radio network and uh, you can ask them whatever you'd like. So Claire. I'm greatly
3: looking forward to, to that version of your show. Yeah. Obviously, you know, Dave is the visionary behind MoFA, the museum for, for food mm-hmm. and drink. Um and I know that they have a very exciting exhibit coming up. It's called African slash American. Um I would really love to hear his views on that in terms of which elements of that exhibit he's most excited about revealing to the public. It's one that we will be attending for sure, but I'd love to hear hear his inside um insight on that.
2: Awesome! I will find out. I've I've listened uh, to his show, and he talks faster than anyone on the planet. He talks way faster than me. I'm gonna see if I could speed up how You'll fast I talk. You'll have double I the talk. content. I know. in the two of them, I think Nastasia sort of she slows it down a little bit. I think you have to, but um, yeah, compliment. it's gonna be right. it's gonna be a fun show, fun great. show, and great questions. Well, I'd
3: love to. I'd love to hear his his perspective.
2: Yeah, I'll, me too. I'll find out. So that's the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. I go and get a slice of pizza now. Yeah, congratulations on <laughs> you so much. your entire career and everything, that you, all the work you and your team are doing with the James Beard Thank Foundation. Thank you very much. I'm indeed. a big fan and I look forward to seeing you in New York and also back in Chicago. Thank you, Sherry, indeed. <laughs> and enjoy
3: Saturday evening at the Beard House.
2: Thank you, I will. Very much looking forward to So my guest today has been Claire Reichenbach. She is the CEO of the James Beard Foundation. Their website is jamesbeard.org and on social media at Beard Foundation and at Claire Reichenbach. That's on Instagram, I know. Uh, Also, you can follow me at Sherry Bayer, at Bayer PR, at All Industry. My Facebook page is All in the Industry. Website's Bayer Public Relations, Sherry... BearPublicRelations.com, SherryBear.com, and AllInTheIndustry.com, which, as I announced earlier, that's where our tickets are going to be going on sale for our host summit and social starting next Wednesday, eleven thirteen at 10 a.m. All of our shows are also archived at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. We are on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. Thanks to my engineer today, Jeet, and thanks to Claire again and her team. I'm Sherry Bayer. I will be back next week with another live show. Hope you'll tune in then, and thank you for being part of All in the Industry. Bye. All in the Industry is powered by Simplecast. I'm Sherry Bayer, and you're listening to Heritage Radio Network, a member-supported podcast network, broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. This year, HRN is celebrating 10 years of food radio. For the past decade, we've been taking you behind the scenes of farms, restaurants, breweries, school cafeterias, and more. It's been 10 years, and we're just getting started. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org.